Hey, Carlos. Hey, Holland. You know what I see right now? My beautiful calves. You're darn right. <laughs> Those are attached to the entirety of you. Oh, okay. Which uh, was once just a theater baby and now is just kind of a handsome stud. A handsome stud? Handsome stud. What? Is it my birthday? I don't know. And no one's given me such a, a, a beautiful gift out of nowhere. Well, there's a bow on the floor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pick it up. Okay. Do I put it in my hair? I wouldn't touch that, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Let that go. Yeah. Oh, now my hand's covered in tip for table. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Honestly, really fucking great. I asked you. I knew the answer. Yeah. But I just like to hear it again. Yeah. That's all. I'm just kind of at a point... Uh, in my life where it's hard to stop smiling. Yeah. I, I really like it. Even though the world is kind of on fire. Yeah. I'm just still very grateful for my world being uh, being kind of beautiful right now. Well, that is beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of beautiful, yeah. where do I go from here? <laughs> Wherever. So our show uh, this week hit over a thousand listens or downloads. I don't know what it is. 1K? Yeah, over now. Wow. I don't know what it is. I don't want to look, but it's look. it's it's well over 1,000 listens, let's call it. That's amazing. We, we should celebrate. Yeah. What, what do we do? We take 1,000 shots. Oh. I'm going to die. Of water. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I'm going to hydrate. Hydrate. Yeah. Dihydrate. Hydrate. So I think you'd still die from that. That's a lot of water. Well, we've done good, yeah? Yeah, I think we've done good. I think we've done great. There's a way to, to start this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm figuring out how that is right now. Sure. I want to look at some professions out there. Okay. Doctors, lawyers, comedians. I think that's entertainment. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong, right? You're not wrong. (laughs) I'm no doctor, but you're not wrong. (laughs) Um, So I guess what I'm leaning towards is something I'll call the artist's calling. Mm, Okay. And when did you have your artist's calling? Because Mm. uh, a lot of kids don't know what they want to do. As they grow up, what do you want to do when you get older? And I think people that want to be uh, actors or comedians or some sort of entertainers at a young age, they kind of, they want that. And I wonder when that is or when that was for you. I feel like I had a few callings in my life. I was always a funny little nerd and I I liked it. I liked being funny. I liked making people laugh to the point where I remember my first like killer joke. It was in kindergarten. Yeah. And I remember we had one of those days. We had one of those days where they're like, hey, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And you'd go up and you'd stand in front of the class and you'd say what you wanted to do and why. And I walked up and I was like, I want to be a doctor and I want to be a comedian. And the teacher was like, wow, Carlos, those are two very different things. Like, yeah. why, why would you want to be both those things? And I was like, well, if someone starts choking on one of my jokes, I'll know exactly what to do. Oh, man. And you and, made that up. And that's like, yeah, that's like five, six-year-old Carlos there just crushing it. Yeah. And they were like, hell yeah. Everyone From laughed. what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember everybody laughed and ate it up. Yeah. I did win an award for Class Clown. Ooh, yeah. Uh, when I graduated kindergarten. Was that in a yearbook somewhere? No, I don't think so. I think I actually got a certificate. 
Oh, even better. It's even better. You can frame that. Can you can't f- frame a yearbook. Exactly. Yeah. What am I going to do with that? I can't frame a yearbook. Yeah. I can't put that in my office <laughs> for everyone to see. I, I need it plastered above my desk. Totally. I don't know where it is. Now at this point, I'm going to I'm gonna bother my mom for yeah. it, see if she saved it anywhere. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Do you remember when we were talking about um, the first time you were sort of validated for something funny you did? Oh yeah, he kind of told me something about that. There was a there was a beautiful moment where, because of course in kindergarten is not when I I didn't I didn't peak there and stop being a class clown. <laughs> I'm just like mm, I've already dunked it here. I'm going to switch careers. Right. I, I definitely stayed the class clown for forever. But there was a moment where I was in a class and like the the teacher would like talk about something or there'd be something that was said and I would just come right in with a punchline for it and a little joke and everybody would laugh. And I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I would always just like have those like little side comments that were, were great punchlines to whatever topic was going on. And then my teacher pulled me aside one day. His name was Mr. Berardis. Great dude, great teacher. Mm-hmm. He just pulls me aside and he goes, Carlos, I'm not going to to stop your your jokes. I'm not going to stop your your little uh, add-ons to things to make them funny. And he's like, because you are extremely funny. And he's like, you have such a brilliant comedic mind. And he's like, and it takes actual genius to come up with these jokes right. in the amount of time that you come up with. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you are you are more brilliant than you know. And just kind of Gave me such a great compliment. I thought I was being an asshole. Which, yeah, I was being an asshole the whole time. <laughs> well, a lot of lot of people probably would, but, but yeah. it takes a smart person to realize that funny can be kind of like a sign of higher IQ. Yeah, and he like gave me this incredible compliment, and I was, it just kind of changed my life. I I will not forget that moment. Yeah. So I remember you telling me that, and I was like, that's really amazing. When yeah. what it, I know what that feels like. I've had a couple moments in my own life. Um, as a guitar player. Of like your calling and people stepping in and being like, this is it. Well, the funny thing about playing guitar was I always had acoustic guitars around my house. My mm-hmm. mom played, you know, our handful of chords and there was always at least two guitars on stands in the living room right there, ready to go. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I was like 13-ish that my friend came over Hmm. grabbed one of the guitars and started playing like Eddie Van Halen on it. And I was like, oh, you can play those things? <laughs> I thought they were like weird looking plants, you yeah. know? And so I took them and I was like, you know, I started to play and I'd never put the guitar down since basically. Yeah. But years into it, I've had two moments where um, one of my favorite, if not my favorite guitar player of all time, uh, saw me play something, just like a lick in the corner. And he watched me play and said, man, you play like me. No way. And it, I was like speechless, you know? Yeah. And he, it felt very honest and real. And I was like, whoa, I like that feeling. That's and a great kinda, compliment. Yeah. And it gave me this kind of boost of confidence. And I, I think I got a little too confident as a guitar player. I thought I was like maybe better than I was. <laughs> I don't know if it worked for me or against me. But it was good. Like, it made me feel good. And I went out there. And another time was many, many years later auditioning for um, some band. And we had to go record an album on the East Coast for like a month. Mm. I was very nervous. And I had to get up in front of this kind of big time producer. 
and I played the song and I, I guess I did a decent job, but it wasn't until weeks later when I was like fully on board on this gig that he was like, just so you know, when you walked in, we had seen a couple guitar players, but you walked on stage, you played the beginning of the first chord. And I went, that's the guy. There was something I did in how I handled the guitar. And yeah. I went, I went, I'm so glad he told me that because it made me feel like a million bucks. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so I, I know that. what those moments do for somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's two things happening. There's that artist calling, you know, and then hopefully you'll have someone t- tell you something like that in life that just sort of boosts you up and makes you feel good. Yeah. It's and it, indescribable, it, that feeling. And it's so funny that there are moments like that. For instance, I could probably, you know, go back, find this teacher and be like, do you remember saying that to me? And the answer is pro- is like 99% probably going to be no. Totally. And like, this is something that has been echoing in my skull Yeah. for, you know, over a decade. Well, I've had people tell me things that have changed me and I've run into them years later, yeah. maybe only one time, but I feel like it's happened a couple of times. And I've been like, you know, you, <laughs> there was this one gal who, I won't even get into it, just said something to me very lightly. And it was like, wow, that changed me. Yeah. And I ran into her again and she didn't even actually know who I was. Hell yeah. <laughs> just like nothing, like not even there, which fine, but boy, yeah. it had such an impact. That's yeah. incredible. I mean, that's just kind of a testament to watch everything you say. Exactly. And take the time to stop and and say something positive to someone else because you have no idea how much weight what you say will hold. I've said that and I've learned that as a lesson and I try and do that. And I don't always do it enough, but I want to do it more because I know that um, if it has that big of an impact on someone and you're thinking it, say it. Yeah. You know? Just say it. If like you think someone is exceptional at something, step right out. Yeah. Be like, hey, what a great thing you do. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm glad we said this out loud. I think it's important. Yeah. All right. The artist calling... Does that make sense? Is there another term we can call it? Because I feel like artists are different from everybody else. For sure. You know what I mean? And yeah, and it's such a it, it's such a vast, vague term, right? Yeah. An artist. It's a moment probably in every artist's life that they realize, oh, that's what I want to do, you know? Oh, yeah. My dad, I never talked to him about that. My dad's an actor. Mm. He... I, I only assume that he, I should ask him, yeah. you know, but I only assume that he at a young age had that artist calling, you know? Yeah. So he grew up in Canada and there's oh. some artists out there. I can write a list of some artists. Justin Bieber. Who? That's all I got. <laughs> okay. I'll, I could go on. I, I could start naming, <laughs> I'm going to name all musicians. It's so weird. It's not weird at all. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a musician. Uh, that's true. It's not weird at all. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Well, he had um he had a decent sized family, brothers, sister. I kind of think that everyone has something artistic in them. But mm-hmm. as far as like maybe wanting to do that for a living and really follow your dreams, yeah. he was he was the oddball. He was the guy who was like, No, I'm an actor. So yeah, he's as far as I know, the first in the family to uh to wanna act. I think he told me like his his dad wasn't that supportive. Oh, wow. I always had really supportive parents. He was always very supportive. My mom was too. Yeah. Uh, I think his dad said something to the effect of, oh, you want to be an actor? 
you know all actors are sissies. I don't know if I'm quoting him right, but there was something obviously negative there, you know, oh, all wow. actors are sissies. And like, of course he was right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your boy right here is a big old sissy. you such a sissy. No, you're a tough guy. I'm a ladies' man. <laughs> yes, you are. So my dad worked in Canada, but, you know, got to go to Hollywood. Yeah. That's where those big dreams are made. You're right. And so that's what he did. And if I'm not mistaken, he drove a 1973 Volkswagen out here. I'm pretty sure he drove out here. Hell yeah. I don't know if U-Haul was around at that time. Yeah. It might have been a 72, maybe even a 71. It's not I a competition. Said, no, it's not. You're right. It's not. <laughs> so he lands out here and starts, you know, working and did some some kind of iconic television really? from the 70s and 80s. What would I recognize him from? Do you remember a uh, show called Mork and Mindy? I 100% do. He was on that show. No way. He did an episode of Mork and Mindy. That's a big deal. You remember the show MASH? Yeah. Yes. He did a show. He did that show. Yeah. Do you remember no. a show, Wonder Woman? Um, hold on, let me think. Yeah. Take your time. You know what? Yes, okay, I do. Okay, good. He was on that show as well. Wow. Yeah. One of my favorites was um, Three's Company. Oh. Because that was a show I watched religiously. Such a good show. And I watched uh, probably every episode. And uh, if you're a Three's Company fan... Mm-hmm. You saw the episode where Janet's flower shop got robbed by my father. Your dad. Yeah. Robbed her flower shop. (laughs) I'll never forgive him. Did he deflower her? No, no. I don't think he was there for those flowers. No. (laughs) Okay. I think it was the the green. Just for the money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Well, good. It's a great episode. I don't know where you find that. Go watch it. No, What's probably. funny, though, is the way I think Screen Actors Guild works is there's a, there's a law about playing two different characters within a season or something, and I might have that wrong. Oh. But uh, I think the following season, he was just a random date for, uh, I think, Suzanne Summers, maybe? or Wow. Yeah. So Suzanne <laughs> Summers dated a robber. Right? You know what? Now I want an entire show about this. Now I want an entire show and about... When- the Three's Company background. And One like, should be devoted to it, too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the crime ring. Yeah. Come on, knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> um, a ton of those shows. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a long list. I recognized all of those names. Yeah. It's a big deal. Ready for one that hits home for you? Sure. It's a movie. What is it? Three Ninjas. Rocky loves Emily. <laughs> Rocky loves Emily. Three Ninjas... It's such an important fucking movie for me and like 90% of all my friends. I've run into a few people over the years, especially lately. Like you told me the other day, you were like, oh, that was my movie. And I was like- my generation shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it religiously. How funny is that? It's so funny whenever you- Because I knew this, but I forget it every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've met your dad, and you're like just the biggest old sweetheart. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, that's right. You you also helped <laughs> me in my childhood yeah. with this brilliant film. I mean, I have to watch it again. I'm sure it holds up because those little boys kicked butt. They did, yeah. Man, what a good movie. Yeah, we should have a Three Ninjas night. And I think we there's like two more after that. So yes, there. Yes, we get crazy. 
Yes. Do you think there's a drinking game we could play? Um, there's 100% a drinking yeah. game. Anytime there was like a karate chop, take a drink. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. We should, we should invent a Three Ninjas drinking game. But I've already seen Three Ninjas. But I was going to say like one of my favorite things to do is to like, oh, just make up a drinking game for a movie, which I do like doing that. What I love more than that is making a drinking game for a movie that I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I make up rules just on pure speculation. I recently did that with the movie Cats. Tell me. It was amazing. My rules were whenever a cat does a really cat thing. Mm-hmm. So whenever they like either purr or like do, I don't know, lick their asshole or whatever they do. Just, you know, like a very cat-like thing. Yeah. Whenever an actor is trying way too hard, mm-hmm. which was almost consistent, it was like perpetual. And my favorite rule is probably whenever the cats were really horny. <laughs> Which, which there are moments where I'm like, that's that cat is so horny right now. Is it ever up for debate, or does everyone in the room go, <laughs> "Yeah, you're right, that cat horny." I mean, my favorite drinking game rules are when you can bring it up for debate. Yeah, because I love a drinking rule. It's like, is it just me, or is that cat horny yeah. as fuck? Like, cat will just show up, and it's like, hey, this is my name, and then they'll look at him, and go, ooh, and I'm like, wow. All 10 of those cats are now horny. Yeah. Dirty, dirty. I love <laughs> that. Great. That's amazing. Yeah. It is a good one. So you can use that. Watch cats. I wonder if we could do like cats and three ninjas in one night or if, that, if we could mix flavors. That's too horny of a night. Yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Karate and, and horny cats. We're going to be toasted. Exactly. Dude. Oh, man. That's amazing. So your dad, uh, so when you know, so worked a lot. Like I said, there's a there's a list of movies and um, or you know TV shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner from where we're sitting right now, mm-hmm. uh, this way, there's a street called Larchmont, which is where he used to audition for a lot of like commercial work. No way. Yeah, I remember going there as a, when I was a kid and uh, watching him uh, work because. He loved that place a lot because that casting director. The casting director was amazing. Well, this is going to be his wife in the future now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know how to unfold that part. I yeah, think no, he really, great. really uh, dug the casting director, who's now my stepmom. Oh, my wow. Yeah, right? Wow. So she cast him in his final role, huh? As what? As daddy. <laughs> <laughs> as poppy. As poppy. Yeah. As, as zaddy. Man of the house. That's right. So it all took place probably a mile away from where we're sitting right now. Wow. And uh, I think they tore that building down, and, I, and they've never rebuilt it. It's very strange. It's been a lot for years. But, really? But I remember going there and watching him uh, go from, from actor to session runner, and, and then they get married, and the end is, the rest is history, as they say. You That's know? amazing. That's beautiful. I have a lot in common with my dad, if you look at that now, as far as casting business. Yeah. Married to casting directors. Yeah, wow. And uh, Got a type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just basically, let me look at your resume. I'm going to do that. I'm going to check that out. Hey, it worked. <laughs> so they ended up, you know, building that casting company up and moving it to Santa Monica and growing it and bloom, bloom, bloom. I don't know what bloom, bloom, bloom is. Blooming. It bloomed. Yeah, bloomed three times in a row. So much bloom, it was crazy. Wow. It was flower. It was a casting flower. It's gorgeous. It was wild. Not and like the ones that he uh, robbed from 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. The flower store. So in a sense, <laughs> what happens naturally is I start to work in the casting office mm-hmm. uh, after school. I would bring my guitar. I would sit in the casting room. Did I ever tell you this? No, I don't think so. I had my little Fender Strat and I would sit in the room and this was commercial casting. So people were reading lines and stuff like that. And I would literally jot down their name and their agency and write their time code on a piece of paper. This was pre-digital. This is a thousand years ago. So everything was on tape. And so you had to write like a number and everything. And like the actor would like say his lines and do his thing, give a couple takes. And the minute stop was enabled, I would start playing like really bad Jimi Hendrix. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why did my dad let me do that? (laughs) It's amazing. What what Jimmy were you playing? It had to be just a Purple Haze. Purple Haze. When you get on guitar and you're 14 years old, you you start off with the real easy Hey Joe and Purple Haze and stuff like that. Beautiful. You don't dig into anything deeper than that. It's dangerous. Yeah, don't get it's muddy waters over there. Yeah, no, it can be, yeah, you got to start with that kind of stuff. So I remember that uh, when I got out of high school, that became like my, my full-time job. I started running sessions myself. Wow. Basically, I'd been in the casting business way too long. Yeah, yeah. But I was actually on tour at that time too. And so it was really cool to be like, hey, I've got a tour. We're going to, through the States for two weeks or I'm going to Europe for two weeks. And, and he's like, yeah, cool. When you're back, you have, still have a job, you know? Hell yeah. And it was really funny. I remember like one trip to, oh gosh, I forget what state we're in. We closed with this really big festival and we were playing to thousands of people. And we finished... We had people like uh, roadies taking care of all your gear. You didn't have to touch anything. You have to. I didn't change a string for years on my guitar. It was nice. like royalty, you know? That's really great. But I'd come back, fly home after playing to many, many people. And he's like, oh, we got a call back on Monday. And I was like, yeah, I got to work. And I'd run in there and he goes, you got to clean the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be like literally like scrubbing the toilets. And I was like, cool. Two days ago, I was playing in front of 19,000 people. And now I'm like bleaching, uh, bleaching some streaks off of the bowl. Yeah, it's amazing. Isn't that funny? That is funny. So that's how I got into casting. That's amazing. That's kind of why we're sitting here right now. In fact, that is kind of exactly why it's your it's your dad's fault. He should have never robbed that flower shop. How how could he? <laughs> how dare how he? How could he deflower that poor woman? <laughs> Jeez. So we blame him a little bit. I'll blame him a lot of bit. I love that guy. Yeah. Tiff for table, man. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> now I gotta talk about my dad, huh? You don't have to. Talk about sometimes girls call me daddy, and that's kind of a big thing. Huh? That is hot. <laughs> it's wrong, it's hot. One of my favorite stories about acting and about just kind of like my journey, which is, of course, still continuing. I haven't been on stage or acted in like a while, like Mm -hmm. almost like five years now. And I hunger for it. I miss it a lot. I miss it every day. But there was a moment in college where I went to this theater conference, right? It's called Florida Theater Conference. Basically, what you do there is you go in and you do an audition in front of like some adjudicators, you go in and you have literally 90 seconds if you're doing a monologue and a song. If you're doing a monologue or two monologues, you have like 60 seconds. But if you have a monologue and a song, you have literally 90 seconds to convince these three people that you are good enough to then go to the larger theater conference 
to audition for actual work. I was a junior in, in college. I was really, I was, I was fairly confident at that moment. It was a smaller college and, and I had like, you know, some lead roles and I'm like, okay, cool. I think I'm, I'm at least good enough to, you know, get something. Mm-hmm. And I go to this audition. Yeah. The second a noise comes out of your mouth, someone starts a timer because they see hundreds upon hundreds of people yeah. in that day. And so the second you're like, hi, my num- I, this is my name, this is my number. Yeah. Usually you just start off like you say your number at the beginning and you say your number at the end okay. because they're not going to remember your fucking name. What you do is go up number 420, number 420. Sick. This is my monologue, dramatic. Here's my song. And like where you gave like a, a brilliant accompanist over there and you walked through kind of your notes. And they're like, okay, you sit here, you sit here. I'm like, yeah, 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 perfect, perfect. All right, cool, awesome. And it's one of the most stressful fucking situations. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that relayed. You have no time to convince people that you're good enough to work. And what happens at FTC is that you um, you get passed on and they'll send you these sheets that they wrote on, right? So they, they're all there with sheets and they score you on a scale of like one to seven for like, you know, performance, stage presence, yeah, all this, all these things. Yeah. I remember the first time I went and I was like, okay, great. Boom. Went through, got notified that I got passed on. I was like, great. Never got the papers in the mail for this first one though. Not passed on in a bad way. Yeah, passed I did not pass on. Yeah. yeah, I was allowed to go to this bigger theater conference and I'm yeah. like, amazing, which is hard because FTC, like the Florida Theater Conference is the most aggressive one to get through because oh, wow. it's just so large. You know, Florida's a huge state. And so I go to SETC and I'm like, cool, great. I, I was passed on. I, I belong here. Went on stage, did my 90 seconds. You go up and there's just a sea of tables of people and like each table or each cluster of two people or even just one person symbolizes a theater mm-hmm. in the United States. Wow. That they're like, hey, we're looking for actors to come be in our show. And this is just to get a callback. So you go up there, you have 90 seconds to impress and gain the attention of as many people as you can in this room. Just to the point to where they look at you and look back down at their paper and write your number on that paper. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to get them to do. Because the callback is when things get a little more grueling. This first one is just breaking me ice. Yeah. And go up, 90 seconds, disappear, and then you wait for your round of like 50 to 100 or so people to go out. Because then what happens from there, all of those theaters then give those papers over to one of the employees working. And they just post the papers up in this room. Mm -hmm. And what you need to do after those are posted from your your groupings, you walk around, you look, you see the theater name, and you look at the page to find if they wrote down your number. Okay. That's it. And I didn't get a single one. Hundreds of theaters there. I didn't get a single callback. Wow. And I was mortified. Sure. I was like so torn apart. I remember I, I I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, I was like, wait, maybe, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that moment. I was like, I felt like I did well. I felt like I did at least good enough for someone to want to meet me. Yeah. You know, 
I got way depressed. Yeah. Like really, really, really fucked up. And I was like, ah, now I don't know what I want to do. So needless to say, <laughs> that kind of that kind of messed me up. And I was like, I maybe I need to rethink my life. Yeah. Maybe I need to like this is a fork in the road and this is kind of a message that maybe I should have had that backup plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I've been arrogantly yelling at everybody that I refuse to to get one. Right. So I had one more year of college, which basically meant that I had another try at FTC and SETC. And I was just so sad up until the next year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm clearly not what I think I am. And I need to be better. Mm. And I worked all year on being just a better actor, a better performer, reflecting on myself, on my audition process. Yeah. I had like really in-depth conversations with my teachers and they're like, you're a great performer, but you're kind of a weak auditioner. Uh, like you're great on stage, but this is where you can do better. Okay. You need to be a better, you need to be better at the auditions. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I like spent days in like the library, like looking at plays and stuff. And then I had this idea of, taking a dialogue between these two people that I was like, that's a funny dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then I just ripped away the other person's lines, bunched them up together, created a monologue, went back to FTC. There's a moment in the monologue. I was lit I literally in the shower before going to this theater conference. And I'm like practicing my monologue. There's this like actor, um, monologue technique, right? That you need to take one strong step in either your monologue or your song. One strong step forward. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a huge cliche and like a tool for for that. And I thought of this idea because in the monologue, the monologue is me talking to a woman and I'm her mailman and I'm in love with this girl and I've been reading her mail oh, wow. to try to find reasons to get closer to her. Yeah. It's super terrifying and it's super creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, it was a dialogue. So as a monologue, it's this funny moment where you have this this um, nervous mailman who's like, oh, I, yeah, I've been reading your mail. Not all of it, not the important stuff, but just some of this. And you're kind of jumping over the actual lines that happen back and forth. So it creates this like great tension. And there's a moment that he's like, you're so beautiful. It's like, you weaken my knees, you're so beautiful. And at that moment, I, I decided that I wanted to take my strong step forward, but buckle my knee. <laughs> so I was like, you weaken my knees, you're so beautiful. And I just want to, and I take the strong step forward and my, I make my knee just wiggle, buckle. Yeah. Uh, and to the point where like it confused me. I take a breath and I continue with the monologue. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny, Carlos. Like, I was like, that's great. Yeah. Let me do that. So I'm there. I thought of it in the shower right before the audition walk up to the stage, all right, number this, walk up, do my song, do my monologue, do the knee buckle, the three adjudicators lose their minds. No way. Up, roarous, laughing. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh, that felt so good. And then I walk off the stage, right? Someone else is going up and I see the adjudicators look down at their papers, writing down, and then they look at each other and then they all start laughing again. Oh, no way. In the middle of this other person, like, getting up and getting ready to go. Like <laughs> oh, I no. said, that there's, like, 90 seconds, and it's literally so quick, sure. back to back to back to back. Yeah. And I'm like, 
that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. And granted, like they had these papers and they're supposed to mail it to us. I never got my original ones from the year before for okay. some reason. Yeah. And then so I took that, I got passed on. I went to SETC, went up there, did my 90 seconds, my same 90 seconds, same joke, walked into that little room with all of these papers and I had more callbacks than I could go to. Holy smokes, that's amazing. I literally had more callbacks than I could physically handle. Like complete opposite from the last year. Literally the complete opposite. Yeah. I had nothing, nothing from that year. Wow. And this year I had too much to the point where I had to start choosing them. One of my favorite ones was um, Weathervane Playhouse. I walk in and we just hit it off so well. Bryce who was like the, the the artistic director at the time was like, okay, now do this. Okay, stop. Do it like this now. Okay, stop. But do it in this character. All right, stop. Do it more like this. Wow. Like literally throwing curveballs and wrenches at me. And I was just flying with it. Yeah. Having such a great time. We were laughing, having an amazing time. And so, okay, so I go and I do my 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 favorite ones. Go back home. And I'm just like, man, I really hope I get these two yeah. ones that I was like, those are probably my favorite auditions that I went to. Get a phone call. We want to offer you a position. Oh my goodness. We want you in our season. I'm like, yes, I'll do that. Right. So I had like three months booked in Ohio right outside of college. And I'm like, okay, then I get another phone call. It's like, hey, we want you to be one of our resident uh, performers mm -hmm. for for a year. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. So I literally had my entire year outside of college booked as a professional actor. Amazing. Yeah. And then in the mail, I get this little envelope. Yeah. And it's like, oh, from Florida Theater Conference. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's my the adjudicator sheets. Yeah. I open them up and every sheet has a perfect score on it. Oh my God. And I like showed my teachers and and my man Paul. I remember talking to him and he was just like, I've never seen that before. Wow. That all happens. I'm revalidated. I'm like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. I belong here. I need to do this. I just need to be better. Mm -hmm. I need to be more reflective. I need to listen and I need to look at myself. Mm -hmm. And I go up to Ohio to Weathervane Playhouse and side note, one of the most incredible summers of my life. Mm -hmm. I, I adore these human beings more than more than most people in my life. Yeah. And I knew them for three months. Of course. But I go there. Summer stock is theater boot camp. Like yeah. you literally eat, sleep, breathe theater. You rehearse a show in the morning, afternoon. You do a different show at night. Right. And vice versa. You know, it's just like you just keeps going and going and going. And you're like, okay, cool. This show's going to open in two weeks while we're already opening a show that we've been rehearsing for the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a certain point came up where this woman comes in that works at this theater. And I'm like, you're so familiar. And then she's like, I was one of your adjudicators at Florida Theater Conference. Was that surprising to for her to remember you out of hundreds of people? It was so surprising that she remembered me. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's there for a couple of days. And I remember she pulled, she pulled me aside and, she, and I was like, you were... Because I like you were so familiar, I, like I recognize her. Because yeah. you don't forget these faces that you see in this like moment of intense stress. Sure. And she told me, she was like, 
I was talking to Bryce, who was the artistic director, and he said, we found this guy at Southeastern Theater Conference, so funny, so versatile. And he's like, he had this monologue where he did this knee thing. (sighs) And she said, stop, I saw him in Florida. Literally remembered me because of that. Amazing. And she said, and and then she told me, she told me this entire conversation and she was like, she's like, I just want you to know what happened that day. You came up and you were so above and beyond everything that we saw that day that we've laughed so incredibly hard and we were just so moved. We, after laughing, we looked down we gave you a perfect score on our papers. And then we looked at each other, looked at each other's papers, realized that we all did the exact same thing and then started laughing again. She remembered exactly what you had witnessed. Literally that. Oh my God. And told me, she's like, the reason why we all started laughing again is because we hurriedly gave you a perfect score. That's incredible. And then looked at each other and then just lost it. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow, it's dude. One of my favorite stories and like the probably the most validating thing for me as a performer. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. That one little bit of physical stick that had almost like nothing to do with my like actual performance yeah. Yeah. and like the talent and the the vocal talent or anything that I did. Sure. That was the one connecting feature that they were they were like I remember him. Yeah. I remember that guy. 10 10 10. Yeah. It was actually out of 7. 7 7 7. Ten's pretty cool too. I was, if only if it was out of five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Five, five, five. Because <laughs> they were laughing the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, five, five, five. Oh, five, five, five. Once again, hmm. happy over 1,000 listens. Happy 1,000th day. Do I tell you again when it's like fifteen hundred, or should I wait till two grand? Um, tell me at um one thousand sixty nine. Tell me at one thousand four hundred twenty. Okay. Uh, at and at those increments. Yeah. And then three thousand, and then five. You know, it's just all those increments. All of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna text one. you a lot. Good. I mean, what I else mean, is new? I hope so. <laughs> Before we continue. Hmm. I want to talk to our audience for one one moment here. Okay, I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you can uh, you can you can chime in. Okay, cool. I don't know if you guys wanted your privacy. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, Carlos? Go away for a minute. Go away for a minute. Hey guys, I make that Carlos guy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Tiff. Tabble's not here. This is Tiff now. <laughs> <laughs> um. I want to encourage all of our listeners who yeah. have kindly downloaded and listened over a thousand times mm-hmm. to go leave a review for us. I think that's a great thing to ask. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's a, it's it's an easy thing to do. It's not hard. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not hard. But if you leave a really great review, I will be. Exactly. Hey, yeah. there it is, right? <laughs> yeah. It's easy to get us hard with a great review. And that's kind of... 
where we are. Ding, ding, right ding, now. ding, ding. Ding, 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 indeed. Yeah, <laughs> so many dings. I would love to read that, make yeah. me feel good. And plus, the show we just did, I feel like, was a lot of positivity and feedback and speak your heart. Exactly. And if you, if you, uh, if you dig us, leave us a little uh, review on the old Apple Podcasts or wherever. Apple, Google, Schmoogle. I tried to put us everywhere we could be. Yeah. Maybe we'll read them on the show. I would love that, honestly, because yeah. I know a lot of people like message me personally and like say beautiful things and I'm, and that really, you know, validate us. Like yeah. I immediately will show you. I'm like, look at what Same. this person said. Yeah. And then it just kind of warms our heart. But we would love to have more people feel what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to hear from from the peoples. Exactly. Uh, that being said, if if you guys have a story you want to tell, yeah, there's a couple ways we can do this. Mm-hmm. I would have you on the show via the internets uh, when we're allowed to have you sitting in the in the actual Tiff or Tabble studios, yeah. which are really sexy, by the way. Like, uh, very sexy. Really nice here. Yeah, it is really nice. Or type it up. Some people are really good at making a little story in a in a, a typing fashion <laughs> with your fingers. <laughs> hunt and peck. Hunt, hunt and peck that story. Yeah, up. some some people are really great at fingering some hunt and pecking. Yeah, hunt and pecker stories. Yeah. If you do have like honestly anything casting related, anything related to an episode that we've said before. Yeah. If you've met Richard Simmons, let us know. I would love to read someone's story. Actually, I'd love to as well. I think. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I'll put some really beautiful music that's appropriate for the tone of the story. Yeah. And I'll read your story and I'll tell you, hey, that's from so-and-so. That'd be great if like you read it and then I would have to like improvise, like act out Ooh. some of the dramatic scenes as like all the characters. I think you're on to something. I think I'm on something. <laughs> <laughs> A dirty old sofa couch. A dirty, seat. A dirty old seat. Yeah. That's right. So that makes sense, yeah? It does make sense. Cool. Awesome. Validate us. Give us uh, as many stars as you think we deserve. Love us, daddies. Love us, da- Love us, daddy. Happy daddy days. Happy daddy days. <laughs> Happy daddy day to all of us. So what do you think? You want to do this again? I wasn't sure, but then you asked me, yeah. and I was like, we should probably do this again next week. Next week? Let's get in trouble next week. Let's talk about some stuff. Let's get into some trouble. Let's go fucking rob a flower store next week. Oh, now we're talking. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't want to rob anybody. No, but I would be fine to get robbed. In fact, I'm going to leave the Tiff for Tabble Studios unlocked. Oh, wow. And uh, see what happens. Yeah, let's just, wow, let's roll those dice. The doors are unlocked. <laughs> Come on in anytime. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Until then, uh, yeah, some guy. Until then, I'm been this me. Okay. I know what you mean. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Thanks for tuning in to Tip for Tabble. If you want to shoot the boys here a message or just let us know your thoughts, go ahead and email us at t4tcast at gmail.com. That's T, the number four, T, cast at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you.